Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Milton. We're back after a little bit of a mini hiatus um, with a end of the year special episode with returning guest, friend of the pod, Louis Sarfini of Tracksmith Hair AC. We recorded this episode in November and it got um, a little lost in the uh, ether, but is back now. We talked a lot about Louis's experience at the New York Marathon this year where he finished in 20th place, the 8th American, in a time of 216.34, which was his PR. Um, So we talked a lot about the race, we talked a lot about the training that Lou did leading up to it, the types of changes he made to really commit to being a marathoner. Um, We talked a lot about how he became a vegetarian at the top of the episode, um, which is some interesting stuff. Um, you'll definitely enjoy what we get up to. Um, one point of clarification, this was recorded in November before I ran CIM, if you are someone who follows the running that I do. So when Lewis is asking me uh, in the middle of the episode about my training and my running experience, we are talking about my buildup at the time. Uh, stay tuned for new episodes coming out in the new year, and thanks for another great year of run your mouth um like subscribe follow us where you can follow us and uh until next time enjoy the episode Yes, we did. Yes, we also went there for open mic night last week. Did there was a mate. There was that one one guy that was so good, <laughs> so good. But with Jess Rath. Was it show. like open mic like musically or open yeah. mic like yeah, slam yeah. poetry? Yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, I, was, I was thinking like comedy, but oh yeah, no. Slam poetry would be interesting as well. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melly, um, and I'm here uh, in Cambridge, Somerville, right on the border, um, with a very special episode with two of my dearest friends, uh, my co-host, Gabby Drummond. How are you doing, Gabby? Hello. I actually didn't know it was going to be an episode. I thought it was just a Oh, I specifically texted you about it. I thought it it was a joke. (laughs) No, you're going to be in it, baby. You've got to provide the banter. You've got to call us on our shit. You've got to really... Um, carry the heavy lifting of this (laughs) Um, and our guest this week uh, many time friend of the pod uh, Boston marathoner and uh, run community organizer extraordinaire Louis Serafini how's it going? it's all good happy to be in my home yes you guys are hosting I'm I'm hosting the pod but you guys are hosting me uh, you made me dinner just now. Do you want to walk us through the, the the mushroom tacos? What goes into that process? Well, Gabby originally made them for me one time, and then I, I feel like I've taken taken on the, the recipe. Basically what happened when we moved in together was that I started cooking all of my favorite meals and then taught Lewis how to make them, and now he cooks every night, but to my taste. <laughs> that seems pretty ideal. <laughs> it's a nice life. Well, yeah. I'm, 
I'm recently vegetarian too, and and so I had to learn a whole new repertoire of um, of meals. And yeah, no, let's uh, let's talk about that actually. So you you've been vegetarian for like eight months. It's about a year, eleven months. I I started um, like pretty much January first. It was oh, like my New Year's resolution, quote unquote New Year's resolution. But so, so you you've been like fully on board though. Like I, you've actually you've tried to get me to be a vegetarian. Like let's let's walk through it. Like has it been hard to to change it up like this? Uh, I thought it was going to be, but uh, not really. No, I mean I was basically eating every meal with Gabby anyway. Um, so already was like not eating that much meat. Um, and you know, I just felt like, why not just give it a try? And I've had a couple slip ups here and there, but, uh, no more than just like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the last time I ate meat was after grandma's and when Sam pressured me to eat a slice of pizza that had meat on it. And then other than that, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. So it's been, it's been a pretty smooth transition because we have like, a pretty simple diet, uh, lots of eggs, lots of beans. Gonna say, could lots you of go? Vegetables. Could you commit to the vegan with the? So the we were just talking and... about this this morning, like in detail, actually. Um, I think. What do you think? Uh, I think that I could give up cheese, but I don't know if I could give up eggs. And I think I'm kind of the. Oh, I'm almost the other way. I think I could give up eggs. It wouldn't be easy. I think I could do like. Because we do eggs for breakfast, like, every morning. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I think I could do, like... I think I could get into, like, avocado toast. Or, like, something salty like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, cheese would be tough. I've been... See, I honestly think that the main barrier to me eating... I eat a lot of meat. Like, I eat probably meat almost every day. And I think the main thing is that I'm just not... I'm not bad at cooking, but I'm, like, not creative enough at cooking... And, like, it's very easy to structure, like, a dinner around, like, a meat entree. And you have to, like, be more thoughtful and methodical about it for, like... Yeah, I mean, there's, like, certain things, though. Like, I mean, another thing that Gabby, like, really, like, converted me on is, like, spicy food. Like, now we put, like, Frank's Red Hot on, like, everything. That's not even that spicy, I feel like. But, um, I feel like there's, like, really good bases. Like, you can use, like... Like, mushrooms are good. Like, I feel like they're pretty heavy. You can do a meal around those. Like, tofu took me a while. Like, I definitely did not like it at first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the more and more I had it, the more I, like, actually started to like it. And it, like, just takes on the flavor of, like, whatever you're cooking. And then it has, like, a pretty good texture to it. So, like, I feel like that can, like, live on its own pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I know what you mean. What's that? Yeah. Chickpeas. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the yeah. Italian in me is like, I could eat pasta every night if I wanted to, but it's just like that. It's getting the protein. We actually like, so never like, eat pasta. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. maybe once every other week, if that. Maybe or once like a month. Once every other month. Yeah. We don't eat that much pasta. Do you, is it hard? Is it hard to get like enough like protein and iron and stuff? Like, I was, do, you, do you have to like be concerted about it or? That was the only thing I was going to be, I was nervous about was that like, I was just going to start feeling tired. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, we eat a lot of beans, like, um, we'll like occasionally put like a can of beans in our like vegetables for dinner or like Gabby brings like the chickpea salad a lot for lunch. 
Um, and we yeah, you I, can make a great tuna salad with chickpeas instead, and it's amazing. Yeah, a little mm. chipotle mayo. Yeah. It's very good. If you put chipotle mayo on anything. That's very true. It's a pro tip. It sounds like a joke, but it's like if you if you put that. No, that's my that's my burrito seal the deal. With yeah. The, the mild chipotle at the. At Amelia's or wherever I go. Yeah, we were talking to Rav on the phone, our friend Rav on the phone the other day, and she was like, I'm trying to make an egg sandwich, uh, but I don't have cheese. And we were like, do you have Chipotle mayo? And she was like, I have mayo and sriracha. And we were like, yeah, mix that shit up, and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been re- I've been having mayo in a lot of my sandwiches lately, and it's like it's very enabling. You're yeah. like, this probably isn't good for me, but it's also so delicious. <laughs> yeah, some people listening to this are probably like, oh, wow, they're so healthy. But this we, is an example of one of those things where it's like, once you do this, the second half of your life begins, and that's how I feel about like really accepting mayo and putting it on everything you eat. You're like, oh, like, if, wait, so you're saying once you <laughs> give up mayo, no, or like no. once you once adopt, you, just you accept mayo as your lord that and mayo savior? Is amazing, and putting it on everything, the second half of your life begins. Well, I, th- I mean, I think it's true it's that okay. like this is. I mean, we're far from like nutrition experts, but. Like, I mean, it is true that, like, high-fat foods for a runner are good because they get broken down slower and they, you know, you get, you feel full. And, like, I I, I don't know, for me, like, doing, like, this marathon training, like, that's been the biggest problem for me is, like, staying full. Like, I'll eat a lot, but then, like, I'll get full in the moment, but then, like, I'll be hungry later afterwards. And, like, especially, like... You get snack a lot. I cook with a lot of avocado, and it's like, if I have a full avocado with a meal, it's like, then I'll be, like, full for the rest of the night, which is good. Yeah. Sugar is the hard one for me. Like, I can't give, like, I need to, like, really cut back on the candy. I've been good the past couple weeks. Gabby's fully converted me on sweets. I never thought that that would happen in my life. I don't like sweets. Now Lewis doesn't like sweets. Yeah, honestly, I feel like what we've learned so far is that, like, you've just imparted a lot of good habits on Lewis. And it's, it's like, I think it's more like, um, it's crazy how, like, your diet can just change. Like, I, um, definitely didn't intend to stop eating sweets. Because, like, I feel like I, you and I have been out enough. And, like, one of my moves is, like, late night, I'll just, like, go to 7 Eleven and get, like, a pack of, like, MMs. Yeah, although you do, like, the thing that I find as a real sweet tooth, what I find crazy is like you'll get like one thing of M and M's and be like, I'm living my, like, <laughs> I'm such a rebel, and I'll living be like, large. cool, I'm gonna buy my one pound bag of jelly beans and just like shame <laughs> eat it. Like I'm just saying, I've I've come a long way from the days where yeah. I raid the refrigerator at two in the morning and mix a bowl of peanut butter and chocolate syrup together like i i'm so far from those days well i think that's that's honestly part of it is like if you i think i find this a lot where it's like number one time when i'm craving candy it's like i like didn't have time to eat lunch at work like i get off the train i'm just like starving i haven't like had nutrition in the day and so it's like that's when you get like the cravings and it's like if you're just eating healthy and you're not like like, if your body is getting everything it needs, then uh, that's when you don't do, like, the weird shit. Like, I, I just never crave candy or sweets, but even when I'm getting good nutrition, I crave chips. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, or Cheez-Its. Oh, my God. I could eat a million Cheez-Its. I was going to say, we have been yeah, pretty, be like, down on the Cheez-Its lately. Oh, that's because I eat them at the snack cabinet at work. Oh. We need to go to the market <laughs> basket and get some Cheez-Its. The, the, yeah, you guys... The what's the Cheez Its and cottage cheese uh, uh, yeah. 
White cheddar cheese agreements with cottage cheese. This one I want to hold a little bit because I, I definitely wasn't a big cottage cheese person like post-grad, but I went through a phase in college, like mm. saltines and cottage cheese. I've so, never been a cottage cheese person. It's a, it, it's weird it's so for good. a lot of people. Actually, that's but... a great way to get protein. All right. My, uh, my little sister used to do, I don't know if she still does it, but she used to do <laughs> the weirdest thing, which was just... <laughs> eating a bowl of shredded cheese like not mm-hmm. melted yeah, not put on anything like she used to do that when she was <laughs> in elementary school the funniest school, part like... is putting it into a bowl <laughs> yeah rather well no well, I do that with be cottage like... cheese and sometimes I mix it up with the cheez and then do like negotiation <laughs> like cereal the negotiation between like her and my mom of like rather than just like going into the fridge and doing it herself was like I'll, I'm gonna give you I'm, I'm allowing this to happen but I'm like giving you this amount <laughs> So you just don't eat all the cheese in our fridge. So that was the, yeah. the So maintaining cutoff. some semblance of control. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's made you a better runner? I don't know. Um, I mean, I've definitely run faster since I've become vegetarian. Um, I haven't really run track, so it's, it's hard to see if it translates there. I, I feel like I've kind of like committed to the roads since. So, I mean, if you go off of road times, then yeah, I've definitely become a better runner. But... Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I definitely feel better. I, I think there's like a lot of days, all I wanted was a burger. Like if I did a hard workout and did a double, I just needed, end of the day, fucking burger and a beer or two and that did the trick. But I feel like the next day I would always definitely wake up and feel like a little lethargic and a little bit slow. Um, it just like a burger, I feel like has a tendency of just like staying with you a little bit more. Um... So I have noticed that, like, I do wake up on a lot of my recovery days and I do feel a little lighter and a little more fresh and a little more clean and I'm able to kind of go out and have a good recovery, a better recovery run. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a testament to, like, not eating meat, but, like, I definitely feel like it has made somewhat of a difference. So, yeah. so yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, getting to the, since we circled back to running. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Big uh, tangent. Yeah. Getting to the, the main, no, I think that it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I don't know. We're not like crazy. I think all of us are pretty like, we're not like crazy nutrition people, but we try to be like relatively yeah. healthy. Like, yeah. I'd like to be clear that I'm a vegetarian for environmental reasons, not yeah. nutrition reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you are, I do think it's healthier. Yeah. I think I wish, yeah, I feel like I wish I was, I wish I ate le- I always, like, I always think of the Chelsea Peretti tweet where she's like, I'm on this strict diet where I try not to eat anything bad, but if I do, sometimes that's totally fine, too. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that's kind of, like, my, like, where I'm like, I feel like I should eat less meat, and I try sometimes, but then I don't sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the crazy thing, like, I, I don't know. I just, people, like, way overthink nutrition, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, even in New York... Um, we went to dinner with my parents and I was like talking to Ryan Linden earlier in the day and I was like, Oh, like, do you guys go to that like pro dinner thing the night before? And he was like, Oh, we have in the past, but like, there's some like really good restaurants right around the hotel. Like if you need suggestions. And I was like, yeah, like, what do you, what do you think? And he was just like, Oh, like there's this one place that we've always gone to. And the best thing about it is that there's never a line and we, you don't need a reservation even though it's marathon weekend. And I was like, oh, great. And my parents were coming to town and we were like, oh, it'd be nice to get dinner with my parents. So we bailed on like the New York Roadrunners like dinner thing. 
and we decided to go out to my parents and we get there and they basically like laughed us out of the restaurant they were like you don't have a reservation like tomorrow's the new york city marathon so then we ended up kind of getting stuck and we just kind of like circled the block and we found this like random place but they didn't have like pasta or like many vegetarian options so i ended up eating like this pasta in like a heavy cream sauce um and then i had like a couple bites of gabby's pizza and like a couple bites of my mom's salmon and it was just like this like mixed together meal and like i don't know not not ideally planned yeah but it didn't affect anything like i was fine and like i just kind of listened to my body while i was eating and made sure i wasn't like putting in like i didn't need an entire like bowl of cream sauce but like um i don't know i think people overthink it a lot and but at the end of the day you just need to kind of like listen to what your body's telling you and like it's okay to give into cravings i think most of the time like if your body's hungry and wants food like just feed it whatever yeah. it wants so yeah timely lesson given all the news from the yeah. last week i mean i always think um one of the things that i think really changed the way i think about eating is sort of thinking like thinking about it you know uh, our nutritionist in college used to say fueling with purpose where it's like not thinking about what you can't eat, thinking about, like, what should I eat to be, like, a better runner? And, like, when you're thinking about it that way, it's, like, it's a much, A, it's, like, a much, like, healthier way to just, like, relate to food, being, like, oh, I, like, I'm, like, trying to get more of good things than less of bad things. Yeah. And then I also think it it just helps you be, like, a little more, like, mindful about, like, how you're eating rather than just, like, kind of just, like, not planning it at all the same way that like you wouldn't like you know it's, it's I feel like it's like the same in training where it's like you you don't want to be super rigid and like adhere to like a training schedule that would never let you like you know do one mile more or less than your scheduled mileage that day yeah, but you at the same time you don't want to have like no plan yeah. whatsoever because then you'll be like you know fuck from another perspective yeah so. anyway yeah well so let's now that we're on the subject uh New York Marathon, you, you had a big PR, almost a full, no, yeah, 50 about, seconds? Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. Big PR, big PR on a slow course. Um, and it, I feel like for those of us that have like sort of been with you on your marathoning journey, we know that like the marathon has been sort of like the one missing piece since going to your new coach, like in terms of, um, you know, putting the pieces together and translating fitness into to race results. So, uh, do you want to walk us, maybe walk us through the race a little bit and then sort of like talk about, you know, maybe why it went, uh, why things went well this time? Sure. Um, yeah. And you're right. Like I, uh, it was definitely like the one distance where like, I just, I felt like I hadn't clicked. I don't know why. And I think one thing that like a lot of people don't know is like when I reached out to Randy, like, what is it? Is it three years ago now? I think it's going to be three years in December when I reached out to him originally. Mm-hmm. It, was I, r- it was right after Mohawk Hudson, right? Yeah, yeah. I just run 217. And uh, I really reached out because he was just like this old school guy who'd run 211 in the marathon. And I want, I just had my heart set on being a good marathoner. So, um, yeah, when I reached out to him, like that was why. I, I had no intention of ever going back to the track or running shorter stuff or, or getting faster on the top end. I thought he was going to be this guy that was like, yeah, go out and run 140 miles a week and, like, grind your body and here's how you run 210. And 
uh, it was the complete opposite. And I ended up having to like figure out the speed element first and, and then finally the marathon clicked. But there were a lot of moments of doubt where I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out or if it's ever going to click. Um, and just to, you know, for, for maybe folks that <laughs> don't follow you on Strava religiously. Yeah, sure. So, so R- RT trains a, a lot more like a, you know, 10K half style guy than maybe like conventional marathon buildups would look like. Yeah, for the most part, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of mileage and it's like a lot of quality work. And I even did a marathon before the marathon, which was new, this training cycle. So there's elements of the training that I think really geared towards the marathon, but you're right. Like a lot of the workouts are speed based. Like one of his philosophies like is if you want to run fast, you have to train yourself to run fast. Like he hates, he hates marathon pace work. Um, you know, he really believes that like, if you want to run faster, you need to train yourself to run faster. So, um, but anyway, like circling back to the race, I think the hardest thing about the race for me was, um, uh, really sticking to my race plan, uh, which was to go out slow and every, almost every marathon I've ever done was, uh, I've gone out too fast and, and really kind of like throwing it all out there and like hoped that it would stick to the wall and it, it just like hasn't up at this point. So I was riding the train down on Thursday and getting ahead of myself a little bit and texting him and was basically just like, I don't know what I should do. I'm afraid that like the Americans are all going to go out faster than I should be going out and I don't want to get caught in no man's land. And he was basically just like, you need to go out between 510 and 515. And I was like, oh, I feel like if I do that, I'm going to be in no man's land. He was like, yeah, but look how, look how your last race worked out for you. And I was like, good point. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I think the last, the last marathon I did, I went out in 503 pace for 15 or 16 miles and then was like handed a piano at about 19 miles. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the big thing was like, I was just going to be patient and controlled until I got over the Queensboro bridge which is what takes you to Manhattan. It's right around 16 miles. Um, Good place to cheer if you're looking at spectators. Yeah, I knew that there was going to be a lot of spectators coming out the other side. And I was really proud of myself. There was like a lot of um, pockets and and times in the race where uh, the pack, I was running in a pack of four for most of the first 16 miles where like two of the guys would kind of like break off and run like a five minute mile or, or like a 455. And every time I would just kind of let them go, and every time they came right back to me, I would just kind of keep on my steady like 505, 510 pace and just try to keep it chill and easy. And every time they would break away, I would catch right back up to them. Um, and yeah, sure enough, we hit the Queensboro Bridge and um, I kind of eased over it. And when I got into Manhattan, I got really excited because I felt amazing because I had been holding back all, all up to that point. And I probably pressed a little bit too hard from 16 to 18. Um, and around like 18, 19 miles, I, I caught like a little bit of like a tweak in my calf, which always seems to happen to me in marathons. It's like the one last thing that I feel like I need to figure out is how to like reduce cramping a little bit. Um, but I was proud of how from like 18 to 24, I really managed the cramp that I had really well. I backed off the pace a little bit. I took water every single mile out of a cup to just kind of make sure I was like flushing my system a little bit. I tried to massage my leg with my right hand as much as I could and just tried to work the, the cramp out. And luckily, like, I only had maybe one or two, like, bad miles and I was able to kind of get it together around 24. Um, 
and finish it out strong. So I think there was a couple of miles left out on the course, but all in all, it was like close to a perfect day. So, so yeah, so it was good. And did you do New York with the sort of, with trials in the back of your mind, thinking that, you know, oh, it's going to be probably like a pretty similar course, pretty similar effort in terms of being like a, you know, a hilly, a more technical course? Um, I actually wasn't thinking about that at all, to be honest. I, I more, when I finished Grandma's, like, I think pe- people that know me, like, I, I don't know, I set a goal for myself, and I feel like I, I can't, like, let it go until I, I complete it, and you know, going into Grandma's was, I went on a fast marathon, and I didn't accomplish that goal, um, and for me, like, I, I really do have all eyes on trials, and I just, I felt like I needed to, like, do one more marathon, and, like, figure out the distance a little bit more before going and racing at trials. Like, I want to be able to go into trials and be a little bit more aggressive. And I probably am saying that now, and people are listening, like, yeah, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I'll probably go blow up and run the second half really slow. But, well, but I think it'll be good just to not have it, like, hang the idea of, like, the marathon being this bare. And yeah, over exactly. Yeah. I, I wanted to go do another one, and I wanted – it was a good opportunity. New York runner, Roadrunners did, like, a really awesome job, and um, I was really grateful to, like, be in that field. Um, and, yeah, so I just decided to go do it and uh, try to be conservative and finish strong, and that was the only real goal, and I feel like I accomplished that, and now I can kind of refocus and – now I can look towards trials a little bit, so. And I think, you know, maybe Gabby can weigh in on this one way or the other, but, like, I think you have been, like, much more, like, uh, I, maybe, like, measured is the right word for, for this build-up. Like, I feel like you've sort of had the best, like, overall, like, kind of balance of, like, focus, but not, like, Craziness. too crazy. Yeah. Gabby, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, it kind of it kind of seems like you've been in a good spot for this build up specifically, Gabby, Lewis, like whoever. I feel like it was better that, unlike Grandma's, where there's like a million of us all training for it at once, so then it felt like everybody was just like all hyped on Grandma's. I feel like this kind of is a little more under the radar and so less like built much, up in our head. <laughs> so much less, uh, you know. Um, the the, yeah, the New York City Marathon, New York Marathon very right chill there. and uh, yeah. do you want to have this? I had never even heard of it actually before. Yeah, it's, it's not a big marathon like that. <laughs> no, I just mean yeah, like our, all it? of our friends weren't training for it, so kind of yeah, not no, even yeah, and I think it's good. Like, I also think there's a little like, um, you know, like there's there's anonymity to the to the majors in terms of like if you're not. Not that, like, it wouldn't be, like, exciting to be, like, competing for, like, top American or, like, top 10 overall or anything like that, but, like, I think the the pressure being sort of, like, more just, like, I want to run my best race versus, like, I'm trying to hit a semi-arbitrary, like, time or place uh, frees you up to, like, sort of be a little more focused on, like, how you feel and what you're trying to produce from yourself. Yeah. And I did have a good... I mean, I, I do feel like I was more relaxed in this training block, and I don't know. I was relaxed for grandmas, too, but I was also coming off of this, like, indoor season where I was really disappointed with myself, and I felt like I just needed to, like, refocus my energy and really, like, try something different. So I, I, I do feel like I was very focused through the spring and, like, kind of, like, having a good season. And then this fall, 
it was more like building off of that spring and just kind of like going through the motions and like and he probably won't listen to this, but like having Pat was really nice too. Pat will listen to this. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. That, Pat, Pat I, didn't, I didn't mean to insult the pod. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's insulting to Pat. I feel like Pat's a Pat's a loyal. Well, uh, let's not say. Know. I don't listen what? to Liz's other podcast. Let's <laughs> let's not say anything, and we'll see. What? Yeah, we'll see if he comments yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but this is the first time in my life. Uh, well, not I shouldn't say my life, but since college that I've had a consistent training partner. And I don't know, I feel like you put a lot more emphasis on the workouts when you show up by yourself and, and you like you have this one goal to hit these times and these splits. But like when you've got another person out there where you just kind of like, you don't think about it as much. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to show up. And like Gabby knows the narrative, like all fall was like, oh, Pat's going to destroy me in this workout. And then I would come home and be like, no, I, I dropped him on the last rep. I felt, felt good about it or whatever. But it, it was just kind of like nice having another person out there. Um, to suffer with you and to like be part of the grind and like I, I feel like I owe a ton to Pat um, this fall just because like you know he just committed himself to working out with me consistently and, and working with Randy and I think I benefited from it and I really hope come you know come indoor track season he does too because he's, he's super talented and like I've seen him in workouts and I'm excited for him so I feel like it's my job to clarify that uh, <laughs> the narrative was less <laughs> that Pat's gonna bury me and then Lewis held on, and it was more like, yeah, I thought I was gonna put Pat in the ground on that last rep, but then he held on. <laughs> yeah, I will say I think I got mad at you one time. I like called you out on this because you like can't. I like walked into tracks with one day, and Lou's like, oh, I like totally like dropped. Pat on the last rep of our workout today, and I was like, "Well, he's probably is... proud of it because he had been trying." Pat's really, really fast. I know, really but good. who cares about dropping people? Do the I workout know, as I can't written. Help it. That's why I can't keep a workout. <laughs> yeah, you better hope Pat doesn't listen. <laughs> Pat, I've learned. Yeah, no, I, I mean, my mistakes. It's definitely it's good to have people. Like, I mean, you know, it's like I think. I thought you wanted to hold my hand. She just wants the beer. <laughs> we, were, we were chatting a little bit about this, like, um, before we recorded, and, and I think, you know, you uh, we've talked a lot about this anytime we go anywhere that's not Boston. Like, one of the nice things about running in Boston is, like, you're just surrounded by people who just, like, whether they're literally running with you every day or just, like, more just being in the same world and in the same environment as you, you know, you, you get you're surrounded by people who get it <laughs> yeah and and it both pushes you to be like you know more from the competitive standpoint of like oh like we gotta like we tracksmith gotta like have our shit together like ba is gonna hand our ass to us at new england's or it's like also you know like the more just like general supportive standpoint of like oh hey we're all in this like crazy world together just trying to be fast runners and it's nice to be around people who get that. And that's something I think we take for granted about Boston specifically. And whenever anyone moves away from Boston or comes to Boston not having been there before, that's like the number one thing they say is like yeah. the the people and having people around all the time who are just as into running as you is is a very positive like experience to have. Yeah. No, it's definitely helpful. For sure. You guys got 
bunch of people showing up tomorrow at 7 a.m. to do it. Oh, yeah, I definitely, run. like, stopped running in Baltimore before <laughs> I moved here, after graduating. Nice. Well, well, before we get, you know, too Boston-centric, like, uh, do you have a, what was your favorite part of the New York Marathon? Oh, yeah, I, I feel like I need to say this on the air. Um, <laughs> this might be controversial. I need to do Boston again and have a good race, because right now I just, Boston's amazing and, like, I feel like the only reason I finished Boston the last time I did it was because of the crowds, but, like, and maybe it's because I'm not from New York, but I just was, like, really overwhelmed by the crowd support. Like, it was incredible. Um, there was not a quiet moment in the race, except for maybe the, mo- like, the mile or two leading up to the Queensboro Bridge, and then, and even that was good. Like, I know that Dashing Whippets were there, and I heard them. But, like, going over the bridge is quiet, the Queensboro Bridge, because there's no sidelines. But every other, like, part of the race was just, like, lined with people. Um, and, like, even in your darkest moments, you have someone yelling at you. Like, like when I was least expecting it, like, I saw Jason and Sam at, like, mile 23 when I was, like, at my absolute worst. And, like, I didn't know they were going to be at mile 23. It's kind of a random part of the course. It's, like, not in Central Park. It's after Harlem, so... Yeah, I don't know. Um, that was definitely the thing that uh, I took home the most. Like, I, I remember immediately thinking, like, I want to do this race again, but not race it and just, like, experience it. Like, experience the crowds. Pull the map, do, the, like, the more, the fun run. Yeah, so. maybe. Yeah, I kind of understand. I guess I understand that a little bit more now why he would just kind of hang it up and keep doing marathons. But the best part for me, actually, was unexpected. Um, I thought Brooklyn would be good. I thought mile 16 would be good, and I thought Central Park would be good, but what I was not expecting to be good was the Bronx, but I had a name bib, um, and when I ran through the Bronx, everyone, there must be a huge Italian population, because everyone saw my name, and got really excited, and and they were cheering, uh, I think, Forte, which means strong in Italian, and it, it happened, like, multiple times. And I just really wasn't expecting to get support at that point in the race. I, I was kind of like preparing for Bronx and Harlem to be kind of like a dark time where I needed to like really be focused and gut it out. But there was tons of crowd support and it was great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of moments in New York that were just like really good and helped me get through the race. So, And then I just, I feel like I need to also give a shout out to like New York Roadrunners because... Um, I don't know, they, they made me, I have never felt more like a, a sponsored athlete or a professional <laughs> athlete than I did that weekend. Like, the sport was just incredible. And they, you know, they treated me like, I feel like they probably treated like the top runners in the race. And it, it was just like, really nice to feel that way. And I, I'm very grateful um, that they had me down and, and that they supported me and gave me the opportunity to run. So um, for all those reasons, it was it was a really good experience. So, yes. Um, and then the the very last, um, we've covered a lot of the the listener submitted questions, but uh, well, well, one was uh, what was your first post race drink? Oh, do you remember what it was? What beer? Yeah, it was at that bar yeah, with oh, you guys. Uh, it was a beer. Was a beer? Yeah. Was it a fiddlehead? No. It, two roads, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like a two roads, like, IPA. 
Nice. It was really good. I had not to get too graphic. You were there too. Yeah. I wasn't there when you guys ordered drinks though. Oh. Yeah. Not to get too graphic, but I had like I always have like very bad stomach issues where like as soon as I put something in, I'm just like in like a excruciating amount of pain, so it kinda takes like Got rot. Um, so then the other one was, uh, what is going on with the hair? What's the, well, the, I guess the question I technically drew Was asked, it phrased like that? No, <laughs> Drew asked, will you ever go with the top knot in a marathon? The top knot? Yeah, but I, I just want to know, like, what's the, what's the hair plan for the future? <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's very long right now. Yeah, I don't know. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, do you like it? I like it better now than I did I feel like it went through a lot of awkward phases to get to this point. And I don't know if I'm just used to it now or if it actually looks better, but I am now indifferent. I feel it like, does look older, I think. Than I feel like if it were a hair. little shorter, I'd be more on board with it. I don't know. Oh, is it to me now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, but if you look back at pictures of him from like a year ago, he looks like a baby. Yeah, like the picture you posted today, I was like, wow. <laughs> With the, and I'm not saying yeah. I look old now. Like, I still look like I'm, I could be, you know, 19 years old probably. But short hair, I think I'm 16. So. It's a good problem to have, let me tell you. That's, That's what they uh, say. Looking um, young. But yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, uh, I like the length that it is now, actually. Um, <laughs> And I feel like I'm close to the point where it's gonna start to bug me, and then I might have a tough decision to make. But it's easier to not cut your hair in the winter. I feel like cause it's cold. Uh, I definitely feel like the expiration date is at the l- at the latest, like April. And that I would. That is far away. I was gonna say I feel like it's gonna be earlier, and it it could be next week. It could be four months I don't really know we'll so see just yeah. going I feel like flow. we'll just see when Jason cuts his hair is that what it is he'll be it's... like a couple <laughs> weeks behind <laughs> following Jason's lead that's a good lead to follow he has good hair yeah, when he stayed here and <laughs> he got out of the shower and I just saw him from behind and I thought it was Lewis because <laughs> he also has like really long brown hair <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, my hair doesn't do that, so maybe it's just uh, you know out of envy that I'm uh, giving you go. I do uh, like how it feels when I'm running, like I, I genuinely around. do. Like I like, I honestly feel like it helps with like my rhythm. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. Like whenever I cut my, whenever I have long hair and then I cut it, I'm just like, oh, nice. Where'd it go? And it doesn't feel the same. But <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what you line up for with trials. And... Yeah. I'll never have the best hair. I, I will say, like... Well, anytime Noah Drani's been raised, I was you know, thinking of like... Noah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that have really good flow right now. It's not well, I feel like, I, as, a, as a curly-haired boy, I feel like I have to be loyal to Parker Simpson for, like, that, the full, like, yeah, he owns it. Mane. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think my hair would do that. It's, like, not that kind of curly. I, I would go more... I would be, like, more of a Cam Levin's energy. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate his commitment to just let my curly hair I will dry. say, like, growing your hair does take a lot of commitment because you do go through, like, a lot of awkward <laughs> Go through phases. awkwardness. Yeah. Like, Matt Fisher's hair was great by the end of the... at the end of the rope. 
I forgot how long. That is one of those things that's like someone getting new glasses and it looks weird for a day and then you forget what they looked like before. I always forget what people looked like with their like old hair before yeah. they cut it. Yeah. Very quickly. But yeah, I mean, I think if it, the key for like growing your hair for you too, Mandy, mm. you just got to go through all those awkward phases and you just got to power through yeah, and not just, give a fuck about I don't what know you look physically like. Physically my and hair hope that your loved that. one is going to like be okay with it. <laughs> Uh, That's sis- a good. It's a good test. Her she sister still loves made me you cut my hair last despite winter. the awkward hair. Yeah, Danny oh. made Lewis cut his hair before my brother's wedding. Well, you yeah. know what? She's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> she, yeah, I agreed with her. Yeah. All right. Well, the game we have. Uh, since already this... on the game. Oh my god. What'd you say? We're already on to the game. We're in the game. We're forty minutes in. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we talked about food a lot. Did you have more you wanted to say? Do we have more, more to tell the people what's up? How was your race? How was my, my race this weekend? Yeah. Um, uh, 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 it was a good tune-up. It was a um, solid tune-up. It was a solid tune-up is a good way to put and it. And you're in a great spot. I think I think so, too. Um, for I don't know why the listeners would know or care, but I'm they should four, care. four weeks out from my first marathon ever, and I did a half this weekend um, that went... Uh, okay, but not amazing. Um, I feel like that's how you want your half to go in a marathon. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more. I think the main thing is that I'm annoyed at is that like, I think I mentally packed it in when we hit the headwinds. So like the way the Indiana courses, the Indianapolis courses, is like at ten miles you turn and then run straight back to the finish line, and it just so happened that the like the wind was just a headwind for like the whole 5k and I think like once that happened I like really mentally like it was like less that like my body was failing and more that I was just like no fuck the headwind and I'm kind of annoyed for Emmy for not being like mentally tougher through that but well that's good actually I feel like that's a good lesson to pull for your marathon because in a marathon you have a lot of like pockets and like in a half marathon it's too short like you can't come out of those pockets but in a marathon you can you can have those like mental bad stretches yeah. and then you like you snap out of them and then you like get your shit together. That's, that's been the biggest thing for me with these long races is I, I don't think I'm I tend to run well when I'm able to like turn my brain off and the half marathon has just given me way too much time to think and I'm trying to <laughs> So let's go do a marathon. <laughs> well and that's what I'm worried about most for the marathon is I think physically I think the fitness is there and it's just gonna be a mental battle and I think um yeah, I don't know what the uh, I've got tr- started doing little things. I really w- I need to start meditating. Uh, <laughs> the, I I I think that that would be good for me. I I that was my new year's resolution this year and it is now November and I haven't meditated once. <laughs> but I I think I have it downloaded and I get the notification literally every day and then I ignore it. But the no, I one thing that sounds silly that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to just listen to your like have earphones in less, not just specifically on runs, but also like like a lot of times when I run alone now, I will run with earphones, and I just feel like it's a crutch to like distract yourself from your own brain, and you're, you're preaching to the lot the wrong choir. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Even just not when I'm running, just going through life. Like, I think a lot of the times, like, I have just, like, so much, like, anxiety that 
it is to have it just the audio distraction. Like I fall asleep to podcasts almost every night. I've been trying to be, I've been trying to cut back on times when I just use audio to distract myself from my own thoughts because I think I need to practice being like present centered. Yeah. And so that's been that and fueling, I think are the things that I'm the most nervous about. I tried to take one gel in the half and it went really poorly. So I don't really, yeah, I like literally What'd you take, uh, just like the cliff bar gels that I've been practicing with. I'm not going to get on the Morton grind. I'm going to, I'm going to get a bunch in my room. I'll give you a couple packs. Um, I think the thing is, is like, like I practice with them on long runs and I think, it, I think part of it is it's harder to do it at five minute pace than like five twenty or five thirty pace. That takes, so I need to practice yeah. doing it more at race pace. Um, and I also, yeah, I like literally got like one drop on my like lips and like immediately felt like I was going to throw up. So I need to figure out a way to be better. Sometimes I nurse them like over a couple mile. Yeah. That's, so that's what I tried to do. I tried to like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to like take it very slowly. And Um, I think that I, I, I think a general thing that I'm trying to work on is like just knowing that things are going to happen and to not panic during them. Like, just, like, if my shoe on gets untied or, like, if I have to, like, use the bathroom or, like, if I, like, throw up, like, literally, like, just, like, anything like that. Like, I think one of the things that I'm trying to, like, train my brain and body to do is to just sort of, like, be, like, if something does go not according to plan to, like, the work, like, nine times out of ten, I feel like it's the worst consequence isn't, like, the time you lose from, like, whatever the event is. It's, like, the stress of panicking about whatever happened. Yeah, you gotta go for the flow. Yeah. Ride the ride. Whatever happens, happens. So I'm trying to be... I'm trying to practice stuff like that. At the end of the day, you're like, gonna finish the damn thing, and you're gonna have run your first marathon, and that's yeah. an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. The one-and-done aspect of it is just, like, why I'm trying to, like, dot my I's and cross my T's, and yeah, I think, um... I, like... I don't want to say I made the mistake, but I, I said something to my coach last week about, like, oh, I'm, like, kind of just, like, worried about the mental aspect of it, and he, like, sent this long sort of, like, rundown of, like, all the things to think about, which is good, but honestly just made me, like, more freaked out to, like, <laughs> start being, like, oh, this is real, so, I, I, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Keep, keep practicing fueling. I took, um, I think I took, like, five gels in New York. And I was taking, like, sips of bottles of Morton in between. Yeah. And it's the most I've ever taken. And I feel like it was obviously my best race, yeah. too. I feel like the more you can practice with it, the better it's going to go. Like, yeah. You hear a lot about, like, depletion training and stuff. But, like, if you're unsure about it, like, squash that before the race even starts. That's, you know what, that's I mean? what I literally made, like, a, a resolution to do. I think, like, every workout between now and... Uh, the race, when I, regardless of what it is, and, and maybe even easy runs too, we'll see. Yeah, I used like. to work out with Eric and Brian all the time, and they would, like, literally take, like, gels in their, like, repeat workouts on the track. Yeah. And I always just remember thinking, like, this is stupid. But, like, those guys have run 217, 218, more more combined than, like, yeah. some people will do. The, like, one, the one thing I'll never do that they do is the, the caffeine deprivation. That's a level of crazy yeah. I'm not willing to do. Coffee taper. Yeah. yeah. The, they coffee do the, taper. the coffee taper and heat training, which I subjected myself to a little bit. Yeah, okay. This time around. Don't get me started. I did, like, <laughs> three runs uh, over dressing. Just layered up. 
Yeah, don't tell Jeff, but he's gonna know. <laughs> I did it. I did it. And it wasn't fun. I don't care if people do it. My problem is when Lewis is like, that's so dumb, and then his and like, then marathon build is like casually wearing you a just BBL. Can't when turn it's off the crazy 70 degrees. No, I would say, like, as long as you self identify as a hypocrite, it like allows you to. Do stuff like that where you're like, I fully. No, but he'll like yeah. come up, he'll come up the, with excuses and be like, yeah, it, it looks a little windy. No, so you cut, so. cut, <laughs> cut that out altogether. I would say just you just go, I'm a hypocrite. I'm full of shit no, all the like, time, just and then it's that it's, you're overdressing. Yeah, it's a beautiful blank slate, slate to just never be held accountable to your words. <laughs> to just be like, oh yeah, no, I'm full of shit. I don't stand by that at all. <laughs> the worst run of my entire training block. It was the Wednesday before the marathon. Wednesday is generally like a midweek long run. And for some reason, like, Randy's, I feel like, fairly conservative as a coach. But, like, for some reason, he's like, oh, yeah, on race week, we got, like, a hard, like, 13 to 15 mile long run on the Wednesday before the race, which I think is a little bit aggressive. But he gave me 12 to 13 miles, and I decided to overdress for it, and I ran with Nick Lemon. And I wore tights and a Brighton base layer. And a gray boy t-shirt and a jacket and a hat and gloves and I every How warm was it goddamn up? step of that run. Degrees. It was fifty or sixty. It was humid that day. Oh Remember? yeah, I think it was like fifty but humid or like high forties but humid. Every fucking step of that run, I just I think I checked my watch like a hundred times <laughs> in that run. And see, I'm so cold all the time. I feel like I would just be comfortable. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I run cold too, though. Yeah. That's why I thought it'd be fine. It was not fine. But anyway, I got through it, and my race went okay. But I generally subscribe to the "don't be crazy" philosophy. If you drink coffee, drink coffee. If you like yeah. to not be overheated on your runs, <laughs> don't be overheated on your runs. But go to bed. That's the other thing. I'm like my other resolution for the last month because like all i mean all this stuff is little stuff it's like yeah. for the most part it's like trust my coach trust the process most of the work is done already you just have to like not do anything like you said like super crazy yeah but like i think the little stuff you can do is yeah just like being... oh i want to put on the record too i drank every night before the marathon too the night before too drank one beer nice i wanted a second beer but i didn't <laughs> help that but well and to go back it's funny like to go back to the um you know fitness diet like crossover metaphor you know it's the same thing like with a diet it's like there's no there's no hack diet like there's just like the best you know it's like i always say it's like the best the best secret diet is like eat pretty healthy and exercise yeah and it's the same with like you know marathons or any race really it's like there's no hack like oh you do this one thing and it'll go amazing it's like (laughs) there's just like if you're fit, Doctors you'll run fast. Yeah. <laughs> Coaches hate them for this one He has one and a half beers two days before the race and only masturbates on Tuesdays and he runs the best marathon. I was like, no, it's like if you're fit, you're fit and the results will come. Like, yeah. There's no secret like mix of things that will like be able to change anything on race day that you didn't spend yeah. Some people weeks. have a knack for it and they're, those people are the worst. The people that just like show up for their first marathon and they run like two twenty and then they only oh, get better yeah. from that. I mean for for that sure, like but I even just mean racing in general. Yeah. It's like I feel like people are always trying to look for that like weird secret edge that it's like, Oh, you definitely do Beat this. Juice. 
Beet juice. Yeah, beet juice. Like, What's your beet juice intake like right now? Uh, I did the cheap person's beet juice move, which is that I didn't buy any beet juice for the last, like, two months. And then last week, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get a bottle of beet juice. Which they say oh, actually is supposed like to be... It's like you have one weird but that's always, I always say, like, that's the same thing as, like, my supplements. Like, I take, like, not a bunch of supplements, but I take, like, B and iron and be careful. all that stuff. And... You never know what's in that stuff. Yeah, oh, good. Pop by USADA. I, I, had, I had to take of a USADA mandatory drug class oh. before the marathon. Was, mm-hmm. I got yelled at in the class. Gabby knows the story. Oh, he he's, like, a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, so they make, they make you sit through this presentation that USADA puts on. It's like, this is like all the things that you should know and you should never take like blah, blah, blah. Um, and apparently you're allowed to have like a representative with you if you get drug tests. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have like a, a slide of like somebody watching somebody taking a drug test and it was like a computer generated person. So like they had, they were like naked with like no genitals, but like they were like pulling up their shirts. So it was kind of funny. Um, and they were like peeing in a toilet, but then they showed the slide of like having a representative and they just had like the same slide where like one person was watching, one person was peeing and then there was just a third person like creeping from behind the corner, (laughs) like watching. So I took a picture of it, of the slide and the person giving the presentation saw me taking the picture and was like. And she was like, somebody always takes a picture of this slide. Why don't they ever take a picture of the three things to remember slide? And it was very embarrassing. And everyone like turned and looked at me. And I was like, it was a funny slide. I'm going to send that's it to my funny. friends. Uh, which that, I did. I do but... feel like that's one of those like unaddressed things that like people will always like, you know, the professional <laughs> runners to talk about like, you know, getting drug tested or whatever. But no one's ever like. Yeah, it's super weird that someone just comes to my house and watches me <laughs> pee. Like, cause I, I think like, like road race, some road race. You've been like drug tested for road races and stuff. Just once, Brooklyn Half. That yeah. was the only one. They, they didn't like watch you go, right? No, like, they did. Like literally watch. No, it was you never crazy. Got drug tested in college? No, I never got. Oh yeah, they. What? But I know some so places. So annoying. Some places they're like. They're like with you. No, they have to. They watch. They like watch literally you. watch. No, David, I finished. Generals, I yeah. crossed the finish line, and there was like a guy, like just there, and he was like, "I'm escorting you to the drug testing thing," and I was like, "Oh well, like my girlfriend's finishing. Like I'm gonna stay and watch her," and she was like, "Okay, I'll be here," and he just like stood with me, that, and he just followed me around for like 20 minutes until finally I was ready to go do the drug see, test. That's not like, even that bad. For me, it's the actual physical act of like someone being, being like, in front of I'm someone. gonna watch your. Yeah. Especially, I don't know how it works with women. Like, I don't want to know, but like that seems it's the same thing. Wait, no, but like with guys, it's like I feel like it's easier to watch it. a guy <laughs> pee than it is to watch a girl pee, because like. You're normally like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> We're going to cut this out. <laughs> yeah, this is you're, good. This is what people need to know. You're normally sitting down. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you you so like, a little squat action. Yeah. But yeah. like, so like, if some, because like, literally they have to like, watch it come out of you. And like, that's way easier to do if you're a guy than a girl. Fair. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it just seems weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a total invasion of privacy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know... Whether you're a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, it's, yeah, that's one of those things that I feel like people skirt around the issue and then don't actually think about the physical mechanics of it, which is just that, like, if you're just, like, yeah, and also, like, (laughs) what, or just, like, (laughs) just, like, some, like, some, like, Boulder-based USADA employee is, like, yeah, I've seen, like, every professional (laughs) on this campus, like, (laughs) that's just, like, that's a, that's a reality. (laughs) Yeah, you had to sign all sorts of crazy-ass NDAs for that sort of thing. <laughs> Alright, well, I was really proud Time of my... play the game. I was proud of my game, so... Let's play the game, and okay. you can always make some edits. Some yeah, yeah. Yeah, so th- this was... New York was your seventh official marathon, correct? Yes. So the game uh, that I came up with is the seven things I like about marathoning. Um, great song. Yeah, so, well, great. so I... I tried to make it match the song, and it just, like, didn't lyrically match as well. But I'm in, like, the keeping of the song, I'm going to ask seven things about... It doesn't have to be, like, the New York Marathon, but any of the mar- the marathoning experiences okay. you've had. Um, that, And then you can sort of go through... You can go through rapid fire, or you can tell stories or whatever. So just to prep you, okay. it's a thing you love, a thing you hate, a thing that makes you laugh, a thing that makes you cry, a thing that makes you cringe... <laughs> A thing you learned and a question you still have. So okay, that was gonna quite, yeah, I'm gonna repeat it. Me. Yeah. So a thing you have loved about the marathon. It can be like a specific experience or just like generally. Uh, the thing that you that I love about the marathon is I I've only put two of them together, but when you put it together, just that feeling afterwards is like you just it's like you've earned it. Like, it's different than any other feeling that you get after a race of any other distance. Like, if you put it together for a marathon, like, it, that feeling afterwards is just like, it's like, damn, I worked really hard for this, and it, and it came together, and I fought for it on race day and before race day, and it, it's just, it's a really good feeling. So, there you Thing go. you hate about the marathon? Um, definitely. I'm just going with, like, the first thing that pops into my mind. I feel like I could think of better things, like, funnier things, but definitely how much they hurt. Um, I really feel like a lot of, a lot of people hurt in marathons, but, like, I also feel like a lot of people just, like, kind of coast through them, and they're like, yeah, like, they're fine. Like, I was talking to Ed, uh, Waller, guy I coached on, on the phone the other day, and he was like, oh, you really cramped in all the marathons you do? I've never cramped in a marathon. Like, yeah, I've cramped in all seven of my marathons very severely, and it's very painful, and, like, there's a lot of stretches where, like, it hurts very badly, and there's a lot of dark moments, and, like, really only two of the seven that I've done have been, like, mostly pleasant. All the other ones I've just, like, thought about dropping out for, like, you know, 30 to 40% of it. So, um, they really do hurt and, uh, you really do go through a lot of mental battles and, and that's a lot, that's really tough. So, yeah. Thing that makes you laugh? Um, thing that makes me laugh about marathons. Uh, I don't know. Overdressing? <laughs> yeah, maybe the crazy. Pe- peeing in cups. <laughs> the crazy things that you do for them. That's a good one. I don't know. I, do, I feel like you do do a lot of crazy things. Like uh, I get a lot of laughs watching Lewis and Rav overdress for marathons. There you go. I only did it for like two days this one time. But it was time. funny because you were pretending you weren't doing it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, um, something that makes you cry or a memory. Or... 
Oh, definitely the Olympic trials, 2016. Uh, I felt like I worked really hard for that, and I had, like, a full head of steam rolling for it. And for those of you that don't know, I dropped out of that race, and um, I just kind of wish I finished it. Uh, but you get carried away with it, and if you get in over your head in a marathon, there's no coming back. So I don't know if – I don't. I definitely did not ever cry – over that race but it's something that I look back on and uh have a lot of regrets and the story the really quick story that I always tell about that race is um our friend Matt who a lot of you probably know but for those of you that don't was a really talented runner and lived in Boston with us for a long time him and I broke 14 in the same race for the first time together uh we both ran the Olympic trials together and I finished the race and uh, one of the first people I saw was him. After, or I, sorry, I did not finish the race. And one of the first people I saw was him. And, uh, and he was like, how'd the race go? And I was like, oh, not so good. I dropped out. And he was like, oh, yeah, it was fucking brutal out there. Like, all I want to go do is lay in the ocean. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. I'm just glad I finished though, <laughs> and it was just like, and I was just like, oh yeah, man, I'm really happy for you. Good job. Um, and he like meant it so innocently, but like I just, I yeah. just like remember, I is the first time I'd ever seen people walking around with finishers medals, and I'd been like, oh, I don't yeah. have one. Like I it's like the Olympic trials. You I realized, wish I had my yeah. Olympic trials finishers medal. Um, so I'm excited to go back to Atlanta finish the race so like I mean, even if I run three hours like I'm gonna fucking cross the finish line if I have to walk um I'm, I'm looking forward to that but yeah I think one of the hardest things to do in the sport is see someone you love and care about and are invested in do well when you yourself are having a crappy day yeah I think we've all been in that situation at times and it's just like it's the most gut-wrenching thing it's like you can be so happy for the other person but then it just is like a punch you know it's like yeah. it's just like a punch in the face to you like it's yeah, yeah it's very hard to do I remember my sophomore year at HEPS uh like one of my training partners had like a huge breakout race and got like second as a freshman in HEPS and like it was in in the steeple and like I literally was doing so badly that I, like, could see him finishing across the track. Like, he was, like, 30 seconds ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I could, like, see him finishing as I was, like, like, rounding the last turn. And I was just, like... Damn, that's so, supposed, that should be me. Yeah, it was but just, like, are, so heartbreaking. Those are the things that motivate yeah. you in the sport, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're like yeah. me, like, I'm a very competitive person. And, like, when I see people that I associate with myself doing really well, like, that makes me want to do better. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely uh, lit the fire for sure. Um, a thing that makes you cringe. A thing that makes me cringe. Um, uh, let me think. Give me a second. You can cut this this time this out. The awkward silence. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, thing that makes me cringe in marathons. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like how crazy people get over the taper like and just like those little i know we already talked about the overdressing and the caffeine depleting um but people this is another thing that i i just like would love for people to take home from this but like 
people really build the marathon up. You should take this home too. People really build the marathon up to be this like big thing. Um, this like real, they really put it up on a pedestal as this like difficult thing to accomplish. But at the end of the day, it's just a race, you know, and, and you hear so many people talk about like tapering and like fueling and overdressing and caffeine depleting and what they're going to eat the night before. And like, they really treat it like this really special, different thing. It's funny because your thing you loved was like saying how it's special and different when it goes well. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like there's more. No, I know what you mean. It's like. No, no, no I'll explain it. Seriously, yeah. there's, I mean, there's, there's more elements that go into the race itself, I think. And that's what makes it difficult to figure out when you're actually running the race and you're, and you're figuring out how to get from the start to finish feeling good all the way through. But at the end of the day, it's just a race. And if you can figure out those elements within the race that, that get you from A to B at feeling fresh at the end of it, I, I think, you know, that's the key. I guess fueling is the one thing that, like, I think deserves to be put up on a pedestal. It's very important. Like, you're running for over two or three hours. Um, it's important to be getting carbohydrates into your body and water into your body and doing all those things. But um, it is a little bit cringeworthy, like, how much people just, like, freak out about the marathon di- distance, and, and I've done it, and... Um, I think at the end of the day, you just need to approach it level-minded, confidently, and uh, and patiently, and and you're gonna go out and have a good day. Um, I think if I've learned anything about running the marathon over my seven marathons, like you need to be smart and you need to be calculated. But at the end of the day, it's just another race. It's just a very long race, and you need to be very patient and smart. So. Um, like, is that kind of the thing you learned too? <laughs> is it the next one? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll think of something else, but uh, it can it can double up. It's up to you. But uh, yeah, I could probably think of something else. Is that the next one? Yeah, something you learned. Something I've learned. Uh, I feel like you should be chiming in on these, Gabby. I feel like you've also done some marathons. Your podcast. Yeah, I know, but uh, something that I've learned. Um. Uh, they don't always come as easily as you think they're going to. Uh, definitely is a thing that I've learned. I don't think I've ever... Only once have I hit my expectations. Even this last one, I was hoping to run a little bit faster than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, when I ran 217, I was hoping to run 222. That was the only one I ever exceeded my expectations. But um I always go in there super confidently and feeling like I'm going to run really fast and then I end up running a little bit slower than I wanted to or a lot slower than I wanted to. Um, So I would just say for anyone who's inexperienced in the marathon distance, temper your expectations and uh, keep them on the low end. And if you exceed them, then great. But it's it's a long race, so. And uh, a question you still have about the marathon something you still need to learn um how to not cramp i don't know Simple enough. salt bananas more water less water i don't know i always get a, a muscle cramp i i do not know how to prevent it if if anyone knows if anyone's run seven marathons and cramped in all of them and then didn't cramp in their eighth, please hit <laughs> Slide me into my DMs. At Lou Serafini one, let me know. LMK. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't know. It's, uh, it can be, it's, this past one 
more than any other one was like to the point where it was like frustrating where it's like i felt so good like aerobically and physically like there was nothing wrong and then my calf just started tweaking a little bit and i was just like why i don't understand why my muscle is cramping right now um so yeah if i could figure out the, the cramping thing i think that would go a long way so let me know well, yeah, we'll put the call out. We'll see what, how people yeah. uh, come back. Well, nice. That was our seven things. Um, so we are, you know, well uh, well on our way right now. Seven thing you hate the most about the marathon. How much you love the marathon. I'm going to put a music sting in there. Maybe, no, <laughs> uh, maybe at the end. Um, but anyway, so we wrap up every uh, episode with our big three. Um, Gabby, you're going to be on the spot for this too, so I hope you're prepared. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> You guys have both done this before, so it shouldn't come as a total shock. But uh, I don't uh, have have you. Oh, I guess the for the grandma's podcast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our first one is uh, your Instagram crush, Instagram, Twitter, internet, generally. What are you feeling on the gram these days? Am I first? Uh, sure. Go for it. I found a uh, Instagram account. Mine. Sorry, uh, for a place that has puppies in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is close to where Cliff Cross is, and I really want to get a puppy. That's where my, <laughs> my cousins are from. Yeah, and they should get get me a puppy. Um, our apartment doesn't allow dogs, but the people that lived here before us had dogs. A dog. A dog. So I'm optimistic that they'll at some point change their tune, <laughs> and then at Club Cross, I can go get a puppy. <laughs> But all the dogs are very cute. Oh wait, I'm supposed to say. I don't want to say the name of the Instagram account because it doesn't have that many followers, and then if other people find it, they might get the dog that I want to get. Yeah. You can keep it a secret. I won't mind. Let me let me just find. I don't even. I can't even remember what it is. So sorry, homies. It's just very cute dogs, puppies. Gabby, you got one. Well, mine is the same thing. It's actually called Keystone Puppies. Yeah, so you, at least, you at least knew it. Yeah, you got the, the credit for that. They all look like teddy bears. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a lot of dogs that don't shed, which is important. Nice. All right, uh, I'm thinking... Uh, look at this guy. Aw, this is a very good for a, the, the very visual medium of a podcast. <laughs> that is a very cute puppy, I will say. Well, people oh, David can... doesn't like dogs. So I do oh, like yeah, dogs. You Whoa, dogs. I'm going to cut that out. People can't. I do like dogs. That's fake David news. David pretends to I like forgot dogs about that. because he knows it's socially unacceptable. To I like, like dog dogs. people. That's what I like. This guy. You like him? Oh, that's he's cute. like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, throwing up in his mouth. <laughs> I did a more conventional Instagram crush. I did say I did share to my story today uh, a very attractive photo of KJ Appa who plays um, Archie on Riverdale. Is that who you were for Halloween? That's what I was for Halloween. Yeah, but not as hot a version, sadly. Ooh, um, look at those abs. Yeah, you can't see. But I will say we were talking about this before the pod. Uh, also very legitimate. Uh, our friend of the pod friend of the life uh daniel wins twitter is one of my <laughs> favorite things to consume um very unironically he's a very funny guy so if you don't follow daniel on twitter uh you should um and then uh next one is your go-to karaoke song um if somebody hands you the mic 
It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Mr. Brightside. Quick answer. Yeah. Well, someone hands me the mic. And I yeah, she's got to. You got to be ready. Oh, she's we're ready. nine to five. Dolly Parton? Yeah. Didn't we sing oh, that together? That's probably. It's a, a good duet. Did you guys see the... You saw it, obviously. Oh, another the, good one is Breaking Free from High School Musical. Another one that we've done as a duet, yeah. yeah. Did Look. you see the nine to five, like, dog meme Oh my god, David, it's Instagram? so funny. We'll send it to you. No, but I, that sounds like my kind of jam for sure. <laughs> Except there's a dog in it. Oh so. my god. Yeah, yeah, hate it. the dog meme. It's <laughs> so funny. Lewis, what's your go-to in karaoke? I don't know, like... All the small things, probably. It's a good one. Yeah. Or Sugar, We're Going Down. It's probably the same as what I said for the last one. That's why I don't know. Yeah. I was trying to think of something Angsty, new. Angsty. Exciting. Pop punk. Yeah. Um, I will say I watched a lot of great movies this weekend um, in the course of my travels, um, including watching Mean Girls for like, you know, the 150th time. Totally holds up. Have you seen... Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Mommy Me, Here We Go Again. So I was thinking, I was like, maybe an ABBA Angel song, but Eyes. I think I've said ABBA. I thought you were going to say Angel Eyes, since that's your, your go-to. The problem for karaoke is that, despite my best efforts... You get the people involved. The people never yeah. accepted Angel Eyes as the song of the summer of 2018. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so the other one I was going to say, uh, I finally got around to watching Booksmart. Oh, um, yeah. The Olivia oh, Wilde movie. Solid. Funny. Um, Jason Sudeikis has a good cameo. Yeah. And the scene where... Uh, the principal slash Uber driver. Oh. <laughs> the scene where Noah Galvin sings You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. Oh. I feel like it's very on brand for me and that like that's totally a song that I would sing at karaoke and sing like a very similar way. Wait, so. no, David. I have a video of you singing pop, something from The popular. Little Mermaid. Pop part of your world. I've said that yeah. on the pod before. That's oh, that, that has crushed. Really it was funny. impressive. So, yeah. It was really it was good. Amazing. Yeah. It's so in her second of the day. Yeah. It's yeah. a compliment. Yeah. No. It was. That's definitely like in the in the repertoire. And now. I sent it to Sydney, and she said, "Are you trying to kill me?" <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, seen? I don't know. That doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> Have you seen Late Night yet? No, but I did start to watch Long Shot on the plane, that Charlie's Throne Seth Rogen movie. And I just, it was fine, but I got really annoyed at just like the continuation of the trope that Charlie Theron, who is literally the most beautiful person in the world, who plays the Secretary of State in the movie, would like ever fall for just like a like hairy schlub like Seth Rogen because he's like funny. And it's like, okay. You are so out of his league. It's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I have hair. That's ridiculous. Lewis isn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) But you should watch Late Night. It was good. I heard it was good. Yeah. Very woke. Yeah, I heard that movie. I really want to watch that movie. Last Christmas that Emma Thompson also wrote because apparently it's horrible. But I really want to watch it because it sounds so horrible. Wait, Emma Thompson wrote Late Night. Uh, she might have co-produced it. I think Mindy Kaling wrote Late oh, Night. Oh, okay. That makes... But Emma Thompson was in Late Night, and yeah. then she wrote a Christmas movie that she's also, like, co-stars in called Last Christmas. Oh, I did not Based on the that. music of George Michael that, like, looks like it could have been, like, a cute Christmas rom-com, <laughs> but has gotten, like, yeah, I heard eviscerating reviews, and I just, like, really want to see it now because yeah. it sounds fascinating. <laughs> um, but anyways, last but not least, your, uh, your death row meal. You're going to the chair... Your last time on this planet. I guess this probably has changed for you because you no, know. No, I've got it right now. I've got it queued up, locked and loaded. Um, 
we went to New England's or Mayor's Cup a couple weeks ago, and I got Exodus Bagels, which is an amazing bagel place in Jamaica Pond, and we had some leftover cream cheese from said competition. Mm-hmm. So we've had like amazing cream cheese in our refrigerator for the past two weeks. So we've been making. We usually just make like the standard breakfast sandwich, like everything bagel with eggs and cheddar cheese, maybe some chipotle mayo. But now we've been venturing out and we got some sourdough bread, some sliced bread, and I've been spreading like the really good cream cheese on it. Speaking of being generous with your facts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Spread the really good cream cheese on as a base and then uh, an egg or two in the middle. And then we've been testing out vegan bacon which is not great on its own but is excellent on an egg sandwich it's like a texture thing and like you don't it just tastes like bacon extra salt yeah and then cheddar cheese on top of that so cream cheese egg bacon uh cheese on a piece of sourdough toasted man yeah and we're almost out of cream cheese and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go back to like regular egg sandwiches but that's my death row meal right now just go get more cream cheese uh we don't go to jp that often yeah it's like i feel like you go for the cream cheese yeah but don't you notice the difference between like store-bought regular cream cheese and like good like the stuff that they just like pull out of a vat and like pack it in for you into like a plastic container go to jp for the cream cheese do I hope all hot bagels so they yes. have good cream cheese? Yes. Okay. I mean, is that your death row meal too? Yeah. To, I will say to add, I'll just add on to your death row meal. Not the mushroom tacos that we. Just the mushroom tacos through. were really good. Are you a um, mushroom convert? Because that took me a long time. No, I think they were well seasoned. It took you I don't one like mushroom tacos. Also. I don't necessarily like mushrooms just like on their own, but I think that whatever you did with like the combination of seasoning made it not taste like mushrooms, which soy is sauce. why I liked it. Um, it's half soy sauce and half French fries. So, the when I was at brunch this weekend in Indianapolis, I had a lot of mediocre restaurant experiences in Indianapolis. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but the last place we went where we went for brunch on Sunday was really good, and they had good brunch options. Um, and the one that I had came with a quote, "Everything avocado," and I was like, "What's an everything avocado?" And someone was like, "Oh, do you think they just like..." put everything bagel seasoning on an avocado. And when it came out, that was exactly (laughs) what it was. And let me tell you, it was just like a wedge of avocado with like the things that are on an everything bagel on them. So good. Like, thank you guys for making me dinner. Thank you guys for having me over. And uh, Lewis, thank you for sharing your your cumulative marathon wisdom. You're welcome. Um, Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. I'm gonna make a hate about you.